Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. It is Monday. I hope you're all having a good start to the week wherever you're watching or listening to this episode of Inside Arsenal around the world. Of course, it's a Monday after the North London derby. Arsenal drawing 2-2 with Spurs yesterday at the Emirates in what was a pretty disappointing afternoon for Arsenal. No doubt about that. They didn't play well. They played well for about half an hour and then they just fell away a little bit and Tottenham, to their credit, played very, very well, I thought controlled the game at times in that second half and they certainly thoroughly deserved the point that they got in the end but I think Arsenal today will certainly be looking them back on on that yesterday as a big big missed opportunity two points dropped they didn't play well but they still probably should have won that game they led twice they threw the lead away twice certainly in case of the second goal they threw the lead away and let Tottenham back into a game that probably they shouldn't have been allowed back into so we'll look at that in a lot more in-depth in today's episode, give my thoughts on what went on. We'll look at what Mikel Arteta had to say. We'll look at the injury issues that are hampering Arsenal at the moment. Maybe talk about strikers a little bit. Once again, that is a big talking point right now following Arsenal's failure to convert. Certainly one very, very big chance yesterday, which would have changed the game, no doubt about it. So we'll look at that. I've got some questions or some comments, certainly, from you sharing your opinions on what you thought of today's game. Uh, sorry, yesterday's game. And some of the big issues that were involved on it. Obviously, it's 2 2. It's the first time in four seasons. I think Arsenal haven't won at the Emirates. First time Mikel Arteta hasn't won a home derby, I believe. Um, and as I said, it's probably a game Arsenal looking back on. They'll be at London Colney today, going over it again. Mikel Arteta will be sitting them down. They'll be watching the game and they'll be looking at it as a big, big missed opportunity, even though they didn't play well. The fact was to lead twice and to not hold on to that lead. Was a, was a big disappointment. I mean, there were some really big moments. Obviously, Arsenal. I thought Arsenal started the game well. I thought for half an hour, they pressed Tottenham really, really well. The energy was really good. The intensity was spot on. Tottenham were really struggling to get out of their own half. They had a couple of breakaways. But other than that, it was all played in and around Tottenham's penalty area. Um, you know, when Arsenal got the lead through Saka, well, Romero and goal, but from Saka's shot that was deflected in from Romero, they absolutely deserved that lead. And you thought at that point... They were going to go on and it was going to be another North London derby win at the Emirates. And there was just one really, really big moment after Saka had scored, obviously, um, when Gabriel Jesus robbed the ball off James Madison. And I mean, he had to make it 2-0. It was such a huge opportunity and he didn't take it. He put it over and it was a big sort of slide indoors moment in that game, I think, because Arsenal just lost their way after that. I felt like... 
They'd put so much into that first half an hour. They knew that was the chance to make it 2-0 and to really take a firm grasp on the game. And when that didn't go in, when that went over, it just kind of felt like the, the it sort of sucked the life out of them a bit. They couldn't keep up that level of intensity. And Tottenham probably felt like they'd had a, you know, they had a, it, a sort of second chance, really, um, to stay in the game. And it just gave Tottenham a little bit of a spark just at the time Arsenal fell away. And then Tottenham got the equaliser. It was at the end of about a five-minute spell where they just had... It was the first time they really put any pressure on the Arsenal defence. And Ryer had made that amazing save to keep up Brendan Johnson's effort. And then a couple of minutes later, Spurs again sort of got in down the right. Ball got drifted in. Ryer maybe could have tipped it over. It was one of those crosses that ended up nearly going in at the back post, obviously. And he maybe could have tipped it over. He tipped it back into the danger area. He then made a good save. But then, look, Saka got turned very, very easily by James Madison, who picked out Son, who made it 1-1. And I turned to my dad in the crowd, and it was just one of those things. It's like, that was coming. You felt like it was coming. Arsenal couldn't clear their lines. Tottenham kept recycling the ball, recycling the ball, and bang, it was suddenly 1-1 at half-time in a half that Arsenal had largely dominated. They went in 1-1, and you could kind of just feel there was a bit of frustration in the air. It's like that was, you know, they'd, they'd given it away. You know, they'd given Spurs a goal um, that was an avoidable goal. And so many times we say that at the Emirates at the moment, that just Arsenal just conceding these goals at home that they shouldn't be conceding, just really avoidable goals that they're gifting, gifting the opposition. And never was that more uh, obvious than in the second half when Arsenal getting themselves back in the lead, the penalty, um, I think it was a handball. I don't. I. I don't think you can not give that as a handball. I, I do think the handball rule is so bizarre in terms of you don't really know. Well, I don't really know when I look at things. You know what the officials are going to deem handball or not. But you look at that. It was a shot that was going in, and I think it had to be given as a handball. And Saka scores a penalty, two-one. Although Arsenal aren't playing well, and then with a minute, they've just absolutely made an, a complete hash of a, you know. They were totally in command of the ball, in possession. Jorginho just takes too long on it, gets robbed, and bang, Spurs score. And that's the difference. They were clinical. When they had that opportunity, exactly the same, basically, as with Arsenal in the first half. When Arsenal turned over possession in a great opportunity, Jesus puts it over. Tottenham, they use the ball well. Madison slips in Son, and Son, as usual, very, very clinical in front of goal. And it was 2-2. And that little bit of momentum that Arsenal got suddenly taken away again. And um, it was just a story of the game I thought the story of Arsenal's performance whenever they had an opportunity to really take a grasp on it they gave it away and they let Tottenham back in it and um, yeah really really disappointing I mean when you look at the stats from the game they tell their own story it was it was a very even game like I said I thought a draw was you know a, a fair result I think Arsenal could have won it but they could have lost it as well. So I think it's a fair result. 13 shots each, six on target for Arsenal, five for Spurs. Spurs had a bit more possession, which doesn't surprise me really because in that's certainly in the second half for a large chunk of it, I thought they controlled it pretty well. They had more passes. You know, Arsenal let them have the ball a lot at the back. Um, they tried to press. They did it well for us for the start, but in the end, Tottenham started to play around that press and, um, and they started to look a threat. And you've got to give Tottenham credit. I thought it was a good performance. Really. Arsenal had plenty of corners. Um, more than Spurs, 11-4, to four, but couldn't really take advantage of them. Although I think the penalty came from a corner, didn't it, when the ball broke for Ben White in the uh, in the box when his shot was blocked. Um, but it, those stats just tell their own story. It was just a really close North London derby. Tottenham arrived full of confidence after the start to their season they've had. And Postacoglu had said in the build-up that they were going to try and take the game to Arsenal. And to be fair to them, they did just that. They played pretty well. They played, well, In fact, they played more than well. Um, 
you know, I, I think one thing that I'm holding on to in this, and I am disappointed, there's no doubt I'm disappointed. It feels like two points dropped uh, for Arsenal. Well, it is two points dropped for Arsenal. There's no getting away from that. But, um, you know, I didn't think Arsenal played anywhere close to being close to their best. Tottenham played very, very close to being the best, I think. And it was 2-2 and Arsenal still could have won that game. So I don't feel totally disappointed by that. But um, and I think with Arsenal, the injuries are certainly a, a big, big issue, I, I think. And they're, they're racking up, you know, losing. I don't think Arsenal, I don't think that second half pans out the way it does. Had Declan Rice stayed on the pitch, losing him at halftime to injury was a big blow on top of the fact that Thomas Partey obviously wasn't there. On the left-hand side, there was no... Uh, Martinelli, so he thought that's fine. Trossard's playing really well. He's going to play. And then Trossard picks up a mus muscle injury in training. He misses out. Um, and the injuries just are taking their toll. Some really big players there. You want them involved in these sort of big games. And the fact that they wasn't, they weren't, was a was a disappointment for me. I have to say, I did not like the starting eleven. I don't see why um, Reese Nelson didn't play. For me, if Martinelli's not there and Trossard's not there. You just play Reece Nelson and you play J Gabriel Jesus up front. Jesus has played so well in midweek as a striker to bring Eddie and Ketia back in and play him as a central striker and to move Jesus out onto the left. Just as soon as I saw that lineup, I was like, oh, I don't like that. I don't know why he's done that. Surely the whole reason for keeping Reece Nelson, for giving him a contract, is to is to play him when he needs to be played. And that was a game where he felt like he needed to play and to, to move Gabriel Jesus to the left to accommodate the absence of Trossard and Martinelli, I just didn't like it at all. And um, yeah, it just felt a bit unnecessary, I thought. And um, Kel speaking after the game, he sort of referenced um, his feelings on it. He said, disappointed not to win the three points, especially when you go twice in front in a home game when you have the opportunity to win it, especially the moment we conceded the goals. We had control of the game. We could have scored at 2-0 with a situation with Gabby. Then you concede a goal and you have to bounce back. And we did. We scored the goal. And it's a shame within a minute you concede the other one. I think that affected the team quite a lot emotionally. We lacked some composure on the ball to get more passes into the final third. And it became a little bit more transitional game. That's a risky one to play against them. And then we pushed in the last 15, 20. We pushed, pushed, pushed. Uh, but we lacked probably the quality in the final pass as well as to get the most out of the game. I thought Arsenal did after that spell. Well, certainly, I think when Tottenham took off Son and Madison, that changed the game in Arsenal's favour a lot. I thought the last 20 minutes or so, it looked like if someone was going to win, it was probably going to be Arsenal. Whereas... 20 minutes before that, I felt like Tottenham looked the more likely to go on and win the game. I think the changes there with Madison and Son um, gave Arsenal a little bit of momentum back in that. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. That one. But look, I think they would have, Tottenham would have felt very hard done by had they not um, not got at least a point from that game. You say Declan Rice's injury, Mikel said he had discomfort in the back. He was telling us during the first half he wasn't comfortable. When we assessed him at half time, he couldn't continue, so we had to change him. 
was asked if it's going to be out long term. He said, hopefully not. We have to assess it. It's strange that a player like him asked to come off because he wasn't comfortable. Hopefully not, but we'll see. Uh, he said that Fabio Vieira's substitution at halftime wasn't an injury one. It was a tactical decision. Um, and when he was asked about how the squad is suffering of injuries, he said it was already a test today because we missed five big players, but it's what we have. We need to give trust and opportunities to the other one. We have a game every three days and that's the level we have to show. See, when he says there, we need to give trust and opportunities to the other ones. That's where I just look at his starting lineup for the game. And I think, well, you're not, that's not really, those words that you're saying there aren't really backing up your actions because surely you give trust to Reese Nelson there. If you're without Trossard, you're without Martinelli. Nelson's come on, he's looked sharp. He looked sharp in midweek against PSV when he came on. So reward him with a start against Tottenham. Don't move things around and play Jesus out of position on the left, playing Ketia up front. And Ketia really struggled throughout the game. He stayed on for the whole 90 minutes, which he was very fortunate to do. I think probably because Jesus hasn't played much football that... Arsenal probably felt that, and the medical staff and Arteta probably felt that keeping him on for 90 to 100 minutes was a risk, and you didn't want to take any risk with Jesus. That's clear, but um, yeah, I thought Nketiah staying on for the whole game was, he was quite uh, fortunate for that. I sent to my dad at half time, actually. I was like, I think you, this is a game to potentially bring Kai Havertz on and play him as the central striker because it was obvious in the first half the ball wasn't sticking with Nketiah, and if you're not going to play Jesus there, then maybe the better option was to play Havertz. So when I saw he was coming on at half time, I was expecting that to be Freddie Nketiah, but then it turned out it was to be for Fabio Vieira, which I was a bit surprised at. I didn't think Vieira did much wrong. I mean, it's weird when you're at the game and you're sitting there and, you know, not in the press box, but sitting there in, in the actual stands. So you're getting caught up on it a lot more emotionally. And, you know, I thought the Vieira didn't seem like he'd had that bad of games. Like Odegaard, I thought had been pressing really well and was working hard. But then I see your guys' comments afterwards and you're obviously watching from home on the TV and you get much probably a better clear picture of how things gone and you're saying oh I didn't think Odegaard played very well and I thought Vieira was really lightweight so it did feel a little bit different I thought in the, at the game um, and I, I was surprised that Vieira went off at half time but um, especially at the same time of taking off Rice it's like changing two or three in midfield for the second half felt like quite a lot um, and maybe that played into Arsenal's disjointed performance in the second half but when you look at some of your questions and comments that you've sent in here's one from John who says hi Charles today's performance was poor in all aspects it started with the team selection and the positions players were put player performance and the manager's lack of incisive decision making when it comes to the substitutions obviously injuries are a factor but not to rejig the front three when Eddie was having a bad performance was a major blunder by the manager and I kind of agree with that I felt it was just obvious it wasn't really working with Nketiah. He was getting frustrated. I think the foul where he was very lucky not to get sent off, I thought, for the foul on the goalkeeper in the second half. I think that was born out of frustration. He knew his performance wasn't very good. Um, he wasn't holding it up. Arsenal weren't getting much out of him. Didn't really have any sniffs of goal, apart from one in the first half from a tight angle, which um, he put into the side netting. Um, and I thought he could have changed things around. Like I said, I thought maybe Havertz as a number nine. If you're not going to play Jesus there, bring on Havertz and play him there. Get more of a bit of aerial threat. And then David Raya can try and pick you out with those long balls that, um, that he plays so well um, and that he's known for. But didn't really do that. And just keeping Eddie on for the whole game without changing, without really changing it. I just I felt that that was a bit of a, um, a, bit of a mistake by Mikel Arteta. And... Um, I think there's a lot of talk right now about strikers. Obviously, like his one from Jermaine says, Tony's stock has gone up. And even on the way, I was taking my kids to school this morning, I was listening on the radio and everyone was talking about Ivan, Tony and Arsenal. And it's certainly a conversation that's not going to go away when Arsenal are missing big chances. And you look at look at how the season has shaped out. Look, it's not been a terrible start season, not been a bad start season. They've played six games, they've won four, they've, lost, they've drawn two, they haven't lost a game. 
but it depends if you're if you're sort of comparing it to Manchester City and that's what we're going to do this season everything's going to be compared to City if you want to be in this title race you can't be dropping too many points because City just don't drop points and already now they're four points clear of Arsenal because they've won six out of six and you look at how where Arsenal have dropped points this season against Fulham and against Tottenham yesterday if you've got a really clinical striker in those two games Arsenal probably do not drop points if they had a clinical striker yesterday they probably win that game. Um, and that's just something that's not going to go away. I love Gabriel Jesus. He's fantastic. Look at him midweek. He was so good. He changes Arsenal, but he does miss some chances. Yesterday, I don't think I think it's hard to really criticize Jesus too much. Obviously, with the missed chances, you can criticize him. But I think the fact he was playing out on the left, he wasn't in and around the central areas. I think that was an error from the manager. I don't think that's something to criticize Jesus for. It just felt like a team selection error for me from the manager, in my opinion. Obviously, people might disagree with that. Um, but I do think that someone like Tony, having that really out-and-out, top-quality forward could certainly make a big, big impact on this Arsenal team because you're just relying a little bit too much on goals from Saka, on goals from Odegaard. You need someone who's going to really take chances in and around the penalty area. And you know whether that be Tony or someone else at the recruitment and scouting network could well identify... Um, it's gonna, it's gonna be, it's not gonna be a conversation that goes away, you know. And we'll see what happens in January when it comes to Ivan Tony. We know that he's certainly in the market to be leaving. If, if, and it's a big if, Arsenal do go for Tony in January, they won't be alone. I'm sure there'll be other clubs involved in that. Um, so, you know, it's far from a foregone conclusion. Something like that is going to happen. But I do think as each week goes by, as we get closer to January, the the name Ivan Tony is just not going to go away. He's never going to be far from the conversation when it comes to Arsenal. Uh, here's another one. It says, I don't understand why Nelson didn't start. What's the point of giving him a new contract if he doesn't warrant a starting place? He looked sharp literally all year when he's been given a chance. The club rewarded him with a contract. Why not use him then? And look, it's exactly what I've been saying. I just don't, I don't really understand that decision. When Mikel says, sits there in a press conference afterwards and he talks about rewarding players with a chance, this was the perfect opportunity to do that. Nelson's been playing so well. So why not start him? Why move Gabriel Jesus out of position to accommodate the injury to Trossard? Just keep Jesus as the central striker and play Reese Nelson. Obviously, look, I'm not the manager. You're not the manager. We, it's all very easy for us to sit in our armchairs and sort of sit back after the game in the pub and talk about it and, and assess it all. But it's really hard to not come to that conclusion when you're looking at that game and you're looking where Arsenal maybe could have improved and caused Tottenham more problems. It just felt like a game for Reese Nelson. Um, if you're going to give him that contract, as this comment really says, if you're going to keep him around and you you know, you know sign him for fairly decent money, get him to, sign, to stay for the long term, surely it is to exactly for opportunities like that were presented yesterday when the injuries to Martin. I mean, if he's not going to play when Martinelli and Trossard's injured, When's he going to play? What is the point? It just, it was really confusing, I thought. As soon as I saw the team lineup, I said it. And um, yeah, sitting here now a day later, I still don't really, I haven't changed my opinion on uh, on the matter. But thank you very much for getting involved and sending in your comments and questions. There are plenty of others as well that I didn't include, but they were all very much kind of the three that I've brought up here. They were all very similar to that. People complaining about the, the team selection uh, in Ketia's performance. You know, why Nelson didn't start. Those were certainly the big sort of talking points from the game yesterday. And look, 
I think right now, obviously, it would be lovely to be sitting here now and talking about a North London derby win and to feel upbeat. I feel it's been a pretty downbeat start to the week. I can sense the mood on social media as well was pretty downbeat. But I think there is a positive to take from it, and that is Arsenal are still unbeaten. They've played six games. They're only one point worse off at this stage of the season than they were last stage of the season when everything had clicked. At the moment, it clearly still hasn't clicked. Um, there's been some good points so far in the opening six games. There's been some disappointing points so far in the six games, but Arsenal are still unbeaten. They've just got to stop doing silly things at home. And I keep saying it, it feels like I'm repeating myself after every single home game. It's just stop giving teams goals. And they're not doing it <laughs> every single time. They seem to be finding a new way of just gifting a team a goal at the Emirates. And it's so bizarre when you consider and you compare it to what they do away from home when they look so tight. They haven't, I mean, they haven't conceded a goal away from home yet. Um, two clean sheets in the game so far. But then at home, they're just they're just basically throwing goals into their own net. And it's something that you've got to stop. And Mikel Arteta has to find a way of stopping it. Um, it's hard yesterday. I mean, Jorginho, who I think has done very, very little wrong since he's arrived from Chelsea. I think it's been a really good signing. That was one of the first real sort of mistakes he's made. Um, and he got absolutely punished for it in a very clinical fashion by Tottenham. Um, and I'm not going to sit here and really blame Jorginho. I've seen loads of people already calling him, oh, Chelsea agent which is just utter rubbish you know he's been a really good sign and he's played really well for Arsenal he just made a mistake yesterday um it's not a time to really hammer him for that and to really criticize him and start talking about the signing because it's been a good signing people make mistakes the thing is for Arsenal they've just got to limit them they've got to work out how to limit them and if they can do that and they've got the players going forward where they can win these games and win them fairly comfortably um, but we shall see. Let me know what you guys think. It's Inside Arsenal returning tomorrow with myself and James Benj in the evening. So if you want to get involved in that, you want to fire in any sort of questions or comments for myself and James to discuss, then please do that. Just leave a comment in the video in the section below. I'll be back tomorrow in the morning with my usual daily show. We'll turn our attentions towards Brentford. Look at who might be starting in that game, what Mikel Arteta could do, who he could bring in, who he could give opportunities for. Um, so yeah keep your eyes peeled for that and then like I said inside Arsenal returning later on in the day tomorrow until then everyone have a very good Monday wherever you're watching or listening to this around the world thank you very much for tuning in I'll speak tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts good news ad free listening is available on Amazon music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your prime membership stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Very soon. 